0: Tax, tax,
1: which is always exciting. GST That's
0: reflect. a great idea. More efficient tax. tax. Due diligence now. Hi, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, uh, episode thirty-three this week. You're listening to Letty, Andy, and Nath. you are you all doing, well, guys?
2: Yeah, yeah doing we're excellent.
0: Now, this week, uh, we thought we'd do a refresher, or rather, we thought we'd update you on what's happening with uh, the tax office regarding building confidence. Uh, we did a podcast on this. gee, maybe a good couple of months ago now, sort of introducing the Building Confidence uh, Initiative and how the tax office wanted it to replace uh, its compliance programs. And basically they've identified uh, four different areas that they'd like to focus on. But first, they released a media release uh, yesterday or today?
1: Uh, No, it was actually... um a fair few weeks ago, but we just thought it was timely to bring this up now because we've just had 30th of June. Yep. So, for all our finance geeks out there, um, Happy New Year! Y- happy, happy New year. Year. Happy <laughs> year! Yes, party time. But before before you get out, pop the champagne, and get out the party hats um, and put on the dance music, uh, you have to think about your tax return for the year end of 30th of June 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, one of the most common things that individuals claim in the tax return are work related deductions. And you know, that, that could be anything. That could that could be your subscription to your professional association, such as Taxpayers Australia, for example. Fantastic or product your, placement. Yes, that's right. <laughs> or, the, uh, or, or the conferences you attend, or um, various bits and pieces that you have to buy in the course of your job. Um, and it's valid to claim those things, but what the tax office has found is that the claims are getting higher and higher every year. Uh, and they're also finding that there are a lot of claims which they suggest are not always valid. Okay. Um, so in the past few years, the ATO has been focusing on work-related deductions in their review and audit uh, strategies, um, but generally speaking, each year they've targeted specific high-risk industries or occupations, or at least the industries which they consider to be higher risk or have uh, people claiming common types of deductions which they f- think need looking at. Okay. For the 2015 year, the ATO has announced that they're going to focus on what they call unusually high work-related expense deductions across all industries and occupations. So that's a much wider scope than in previous years. They're going to look at all industries and occupations, not just targeted ones, and they'll look at your return if they think that what you claim is unusually high. Now, what is unusually high is anyone's guess, but one thing <laughs> that we do know, one thing we do know is that uh, in previous years, they have trialed um, a few sort of data matching programs whereby, you know, to, to, to put it very broadly, they look at the deduction statistics um, within industries and locations. And so, our guess is that if your claims are wildly above your industry average or the average for people with a similar job and income as you in similar comparable locations they're probably going to want to look at your work related claims
0: okay so it should be pretty clear if you've exceeded if you've gone miles beyond no, well it what... might not
1: necessarily be clear um, to you but uh, <laughs> the, the tax office in all their data matching all the statistical work they, they're going to be looking for those sorts of patterns And that's, and also listeners need to be aware just because you have a um, large claim just because you, you claim eight thousand dollars when your industry average may be two thousand dollars it doesn't mean that what you've done is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as long as what you've done is genuinely um, your expenditure mm-hmm. it's genuinely related to your work it's not capital it's not private in nature mm-hmm. um, and you're not faking it it's and it's all you know it, it's all valid deduction then as long as you support it all then you'll be able to get that claim. It's just that there's a higher risk of you getting looked at.
0: Okay. Uh, now, next, Andy, uh, transporting tools and equipment—that's the next area that uh, the tax office wants to look at, and this pertains particularly to
2: tradesmen. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, as part of the, the building confidence website, in terms of some background, Nathan, the, the tax office is listed, as Letty mentioned a little bit earlier, it used to be very, um, you know, used to be very uh, career. Uh, orientated, so they might look at professions such as you know, like whether it's lawyers or, or doctors or, or airline pilots or p- what have you. They used to focus on those particular industries, but now they're to- focusing on these types of expenses. And the, on the building confidence website, the ATO lists the three types of expenses that it expects people to to look at this year and pay particular attention to. And as you mentioned, transporting bulky tools and equipment is mm-hmm. is one of uh, one of those things because. Um, as, as a general rule, um, your travel from home to work isn't a deduction, mm-hmm. you, know, you can't claim a deduction for you know, hopping on the train and coming to work. Mm-hmm. However, as part of your, your work, if particularly for those who are, they refer to as itinerant workers, people who you know, have, don't have a fixed place of work, mm-hmm. um, there, are, there is scope there, potential scope there for people to claim deductions for carrying uh, essentially bulky equipment and tools from one work site to, to another. So the tax office has observed that there are some unusually high claims when it comes to that, and whether there's a certain legitimacy in terms of whether people are claiming the right amount in terms of transporting their their bulky equipment. So the, the tax office, on its website, on that building confidence website, has got a little video which outlines, you know, some of the things that you should consider when you are transporting bulky equipment. So some of those things that you should be aware of is that. Um, you know it has to be part of what you do in terms of your day-to-day job so you know if you're a trade tradey mm-hmm. then obviously you'll have to be able to transport you know your equipment from place to place so that's a necessary part of your job mm-hmm. the other thing that you ne- you need to look at is your employee expects you to transport this equipment so it's not just you know I, I transport it because I feel like it it is part of my job my, my boss requires me to transport this equipment they can't uh, keep it for me and then the other thing that you need to note is that there is no secure area to store the equipment at work so so if there's a pl- if you can take it with you and you can store it securely because that's, that's the thing you know if you have a ute or something like that usually it's an open canopy so yep. you know that those tools can go uh, you know you know so you, know, you need to be able to store it in your, your vehicle quite safely so there's some of the things that where if you satisfy some of these conditions and there's a whole bunch of conditions in relation to this, but if you can satisfy some of these conditions, there is scope there for you to claim a deduction for some of those travel costs from you going from from home to your um, to your designated place of work. So the tax officers basically flag that. Usually people will claim most of those costs will be in relation to their, their vehicle claims. So for example, they might use the five thousand dollar uh, 5,000 kilometre uh, method to, to claim their, their expenses, so mm-hmm. so they're things that people just need to be aware of, um, so it's it's about that and also maintaining records, so between private and, and work use as well. Okay, so does it
0: apply to tools that, uh, like say that I'm a tradie and my boss asks me to take home some um, conduit because it can't be locked up on site and because I have a garage at home and I can store it there. Um, and that would be classed as bulk- bulky equipment because it is quite bulky, but it's not owned by me per se. It's not like it's my set of drills or, or whatever. That's so great. it still applies to stuff that you don't own yourself, but That's your correct. employees are That's correct. I mean, okay. as,
2: as long as you can demonstrate this part of your overall work requirements mm-hmm. and that um, you know, you, you, the nature of your job itself, it's, it's, it's itinerant, and, then you've got a reasonable um, you know, argument to make a claim there.
0: Fantastic. So computer tablets and electronic devices, I guess this sort of, um, this is another area that the tax office is looking at. So more specifically, what, what are they looking at in this area?
2: Yeah, I think what, you know, because, you know, it's very easy for you to take a tablet and, you know, take it home with you and, you know, do a little bit of surfing on the web and, you know, look up your favourite websites. But... What the tax office is looking at, what they're concentrating on, is just you know what's the extent of the claim between, you know, private and business use, mm-hmm. you know. So and I, I think what what their concerns are is that people might be claiming a hundred percent as opposed to you know fifty percent if that's the actual you know use that you've uh, taken for for either work or business purposes. So so what people need to do, um, what the tax office has suggested is you know you might need to maintain a diary with details of your work related use for for these sorts of goods. Okay. Um, the, the the and this is so that in the event of a review or, or an audit, uh, at least you can demonstrate that uh, you know this is how you've used the, the actual um, um, device. Um, the other thing to note as well is that um, you know you also need to s- apply the same apportionment if you were you know if, with respect to your your phone bills and also your your internet. Uh, bills. So, you know, some of the devices that, you know, we're talking about, so, you know, your computer, your phone, and any other sort of, you know, work-related type device. So it is an area that the, the tax office is, is concentrating on at the moment mainly because, you know, obviously some people may be claiming a bit more than, than normally expected.
1: Okay. So Andy, um, look, uh, most of us these days on our phones, on our private phones, we get our work emails we make work-related calls. Uh, you know, we could be emailing things to Nathan on a Saturday afternoon to talk about the next podcast. Uh, What are some practical tips you have for our listeners in terms of the record keeping?
2: Yeah, like like Uh, the- it's necessary. Yeah, the the record keeping is necessary. I I think sometimes what you might need to do is, you know, look at your job in total, look at sort of how do I use my tool? How do I use this this equipment? And I I think if you can sort of mark down or, or pen down some of the uses that you may have, you know, maybe for a period, just to get gauge a good reflection, at least that will give people an indication that, okay, this is how I've used my work. So so it's no hard and fast rule, fair lady. It is, it is a little bit tricky in, in the sense that, you know, you can't sit there and mark every little yeah. single thing that you do. But I think it always comes back to how can I, do I have enough information there to support my claim on a reasonable basis?
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess... To sort of extend that um, question about substantiation, say, I mean, like you said, they don't have any hard and fast rules about what is, how, they, how you sort of justify that expense or justify the deduction. But say, um, you know, you came to work every day, you had an iPad, you bring your iPad to work with you and say you thought that you used it 80% for work and 20% for personal use while you were at work, would it be as simple as you know, perhaps opening up an Excel spreadsheet and sort of keeping a list that way? The amount of hours spent,
2: that kind of thing, it's, and that would be passable by the tax office potentially. Yeah, that most definitely would. That would be a very disciplined way of of doing it. Okay.
0: And are people less stringent than that, and still sort of like what? Generally speaking, what's the standard with record keeping and things like that? Is it possible to say?
2: Yeah, it's it's a very very difficult. I mean. It always requires something to be documented. Mm-hmm. Usually that's the one way to, to do it. Um, that, that's the only way to do it, to be perfectly frank. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can document it, whether it's in a diary or whether it's in some sort of document, that would help support your claim. Otherwise, you've got nothing to, to support it. And, and the onus of proof um, from uh, the, the um, according to the law is that it's always on the taxpayer to mm-hmm. prove uh, their their claims. It's not on the tax office; it's on the taxpayer. So, you you need to demonstrate that by way of any sort of documentation or evidence. Sure.
0: Now, travel claims. This is the fourth area that the the tax office says they're going to look at. Why are they looking at travel claims?
2: Yeah, the the biggest part of the travel claims, Nathan, is um, particularly overnight. Um, Overnight travel. So, if you're travelling overnight, particularly on business purpose uh, for business purposes, that's what they're they're concerned with. Um, mm-hmm. Some employers may provide you with um, may provide you with an allowance when you when you travel. And so, some of the expenses that you would typically claim would include things such as um, such as your food, your accommodation, and also some some travel costs. Um, um, so. As, as part of that, um, there's there's you know there's a lot of confusion out there and out there and uh, uh, amongst taxpayers in terms of what they should be claiming when they do receive an allowance. Usually, what the ATO does uh, from year to year is the commissioner will issue uh, what they refer to as a reasonable amount in terms of what you can claim a, as a travel uh, claim um, up to up to the reasonable amount. Um, if it exceeds that, then you've got to substantiate everything. But one of the things that people don't really know, and you know, people at home should be aware of, is that you can only claim a deduction for the amount that you've actually spent. So, so if if I receive an allowance of a hundred dollars, but I've only spent eighty, mm-hmm. then I can only claim eighty. You can't claim up to you know the hundred or the the reasonable amount. So okay. so that's that's one of the things that um, is causing causing a lot of confusion out there in uh, in, in taxpayer land. So so what the tax office does and just to make you know if people people at home do have travel costs I think the, the one thing to note is that you should keep all your receipts regardless of whether you you have a, a reasonable amount or not so you should have have the receipts to justify those claims um, so the tax office says here you got you got to spend the amount but also have to have a, a record to prove it so and there may be sometimes it's quite difficult because mm. there'll be instances where you know like you know you, you buy something or you have a meal or you go oh damn I have misplaced that receipt so so all these things do do add up mm. and so you know so we keep on talking and you know these days the tax office will, as they noted a little bit earlier which I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago they are introducing as part of tax time 2015 an app where you can take photos of your receipts yeah, right yep yeah. <laughs> you know so that you can maintain these these records so so I think as a safe bet, take photos or take a shot of your your receipts. If you're within those reasonable amounts, great. You don't have to you know support it. But in the event that you are audited, um, it's highly recommended that you you know you have these receipts on board so that you know, particularly with res- with respect to your travel claims, because people can. Um, people can abuse those sorts of, it's an area that's subject to abuse people can uh, is there there's a lot of confusion out there people think oh well look you know the tax office is a reasonable amount to say let's say 120 and um, I've only spent 80 I can just claim the 120 that's just not quite that's not right at all so okay. so there is a lot of confusion out there and the and the website the building confidence website does have a video explaining. Uh, some of those aspects. Uh, Of course, you can always ring us uh, on the the helpline if you need further help on that.
0: Yeah, please call us up and speak to us. And these videos are a fantastic resource as well. They sort of make it um, quite easy to understand. And I guess if I can watch the video and understand the the basic essence, then it's always good. But it's good that the tax office is sort of um, nutting out these specific areas. It helps the taxpayers to see. I I suppose it does build confidence. It helps me to see exactly exactly what they're looking at and helps me to understand it as well. I mean, if you're tackling things... Um, specifically, you can sort of, you know, you you attack that area and then make sure everyone's understanding that area um, specifically, which is a cool thing.
2: So Um, now you can deal with tax time 2015 with uh, greater confidence, Nathan.
0: Exactly. Well, in these specific areas, I can. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think I'll be okay. But, um, yeah, no, we're excited about uh, 2016 going forward. I think it should be 2015, 2016. I think it should be cool. Thanks for joining us for episode 33. Uh, Please join us next week for 34. See ya.
1: See ya.